Okay, now we're live. All right. Hi, everybody, um, and welcome to episode three of the Third Eye Gospel podcast. Um, differently this week, though, I am going to be doing, um, as well as the usual podcast publication, and then I'm going to, of course, upload the first 15 minutes um, onto IGTV, but I'm also going to be doing a YouTube as well, um, just in case you don't have any of the platforms that you would listen to the podcast on. Um you know, I want to go ahead and give that option as well. So any kind of ease of access, I wanted to go ahead and provide that. Um, so of course, you can go to thirdeyegospel.com and click on the podcast tab, and that will give you all of the different ways to listen. Um, but I'll also put links and stuff in in everywhere. So no worries. Um, and then, okay, so today we are going to be teaching on a subject, a more particular subject, um, a little bit differently than last week where we did kind of a reading and then um, talked just on that reading. Um, I'm going to be doing more of a wider and more vast subject that is just of really high importance. Um, and so, of course, I'm going to incorporate more stories and scriptures into that um, so that we can kind of get a better, fuller understanding. Um, and of course, today that topic is going to be unconditional love. Um, and it is so important to understand this topic because it, because it is the foundation of really everything you can apply it to. Um, God's unconditional love for us is infinite. It is indescribable. Um, and we need to understand both this love that God has for us, but also embracing that capacity within ourselves um, to love this way, to treat others in this way, um, and to make sure that we are giving this off into our world in order to progress us forward. Um, and I also want to note that this talk was greatly, greatly inspired um, by a specific sermon that I came across on YouTube, and it just really inspired me so much. I will put the link as well everywhere. I will put it on my website and on the YouTube and probably on Instagram everywhere um, so that if you want to, you can go and listen to it. I highly recommend it. Um, so it's the pastor at Douglas Congressional United Church of Christ in um, Michigan, Douglas, Michigan. The reverend's name is Salvatore Sapien. Um, and the video on YouTube is entitled Unconditional Love. Um, and um, of course, again, I'll add links. Um, and it was a great listen. And it really, really moved me to speak on this subject. I mean, it was, inc again, incredibly inspirational and really left me speechless. So um, he began the sermon with a quote that he read on Facebook. Um, and honestly, I feel like this is something that we all kind of read all the time. Like, I mean, we're, we're going through Instagram all day, Facebook, Snapchat, people post memes, people post different stories, people post all kinds of quotes. Um, and he even says like, these things get tons of likes, right? Like, and the particular quote that I'm about to read is a common one. Like the concept is pretty common. Um, anyway, let me just read it before I start talking about it. Um, so it's don't cross oceans for people who won't cross puddles for you. Don't cross oceans for people who won't cross puddles for you. Um, and of course, like a lot of us will immediately identify that. And that's evident in what the Reverend says, like it was getting tons of likes and comments saying, yeah, like, amen. Like, you know, you go, like you bring yourself up. Don't be a doormat is what he says. That's what he and you know, it's true. Like we don't want to be doormats, but at the same time, and the Reverend raises this question in the sermon, you know, is this what Jesus taught? Is this the way of unconditional love? Is thinking in those terms, 
constantly putting that condition out there is that's not unconditional love. In that specific statement, you are literally putting the condition out there that if someone's not going to cross even a small puddle for you, you're not going to do the most, you know? And this is not the way of Jesus. This is not what he taught. This is what the ego taught teaches us, the ego mind that unfortunately has really developed in humans, especially now where we are very self-protective. Um, a lot of people do this out of protection for themselves, their fragile fragile ego selves, um, because the, the ego tells us that we should act upon our our own internal justice system. Um, and I do this all the time. Like this is something that I struggle with where I feel like, and I wrote this in my blog on the radical forgiveness of Jesus. Like if I feel like someone's done something wrong, I immediately jump to this conclusion. Like I'm, it's just like my, my ego has been conditioned in this way to be like, Oh, you've wronged me. Let me just write you off. Let me just not give you love, feel like you're unworthy in some way. Um, and I think a lot of this do this, un, a lot of us do this un, un, uh, subconsciously is the word I'm looking for. Like we do it without even thinking and we do it without recognizing it. And of course it doesn't have to be on that large of a level. It can be on some kind of small little level where you just immediately feel as though someone else is unworthy of love because of something that they've done. Um, and one thing that the Reverend points out that I think is really important, and it's going to lead us into um, our first reading for the day, is that, you know, Jesus taught to forgive 70 times 7. So no matter what you think you are supposed to forgive, you got to do it 70 times. That is what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, no, you take whatever you think is appropriate and you multiply it because it's not going to be appropriate enough for the amount of forgiveness that is is the amount of forgiveness that God would give. And we have to raise ourselves to that level. That's literally the teaching that he held above. We got to raise ourselves to that level and forgive in that radical way. I mean, we don't feel like people deserve this forgiveness a lot. All the time we feel this and and we need to start peeling back the onion as to why this is. Why do we feel the authority for one to to decide what people do and do not deserve and for two why do we feel like that's the system that we are in because really we are in the system of God's unconditional love if we're emulating the system of God's unconditional love the natural system of the universe that which births the entire universe then we must forgive 70 times 7 then we must keep on forgiving because it doesn't matter what we've done or what they've done, it doesn't separate us from God's love. It doesn't separate us from each other's love, and it shouldn't separate us from each other's love. Um, and so that goes into the scriptural piece. Um, so I actually never like meditated on this piece of scripture before. I've read it. Um, but when when, Rever when Reverend Sapienza pointed it out, I was just kind of like, hmm, and I went to go read it because I had listened to the sermon earlier in the week. And I was like, so I went to go read it. And I want to read it here to you as well. Oh, I was not prepared and I didn't get the page. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so um, it's Matthew 18, 21 to 35. Um, and of course, we're pro like 
Reverend Sapienza only pointed out in the sermon um, the first part, but then I actually read the whole part and it just like floored me. Um, and I think it's a little harsh, which is which is honestly probably why he didn't use it because it's hard to take a harsh scripture and interpret it in a positive way, which is unfortunately a, the fall of a lot of the church. Um, however, that's the challenge that I like to take on is um, this type of scriptural interpretation. So we're going to do that together today. Um, so anyway, this one is Matthew 18, 21 to 35. Um, and again, it's about the multiplicity of forgiveness and the extremity that we are supposed to take it. So of course, Jesus, once again, as we talked about last week, kind of took a really bold statement to say this. He always kind of spoke in this extremely bold way that almost slapped you in the face and really let you know how it was. So um, let me just read the first part here. So the first part is, then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 70 times seven times. And um, what really shocked me was um, that, like, Anyway, I'm just going to keep going because what really shocked me was the the rest of it because, um, you know, unconditional love is complicated and it's complicated to give and it's complicated to receive. Um, and I think in a way that the following passage talks about how complicated that relationship could be. Um, so let me just read it. So then... Um, after the 70 times seven times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle his accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents, and I will know a talent is worth more than 15 years wages of a laborer. That's crazy. So he owed him 10,000 times 15 years. Um, and as he could not pay, obviously, um, his Lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and children and all of his possessions and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of the slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, he was free now. He was free now. He went out came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii and seizing him by the throat, he said, pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. Can you believe it? When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported their, to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all the, all the debt, and because you pleaded with me, and should you... Blah, I'm reading this terribly, sorry. You wicked slave, I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in his anger... The Lord handed him over to be tortured until he pay, he would pay his entire debt. 
So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Wow. So that is shocking. Um, it's also kind of a little disturbing. Um, and thankfully, um, co- as a collective spirituality, I think we have progressed um we've progressed onward from using this kind of terminology, obviously. Um, you know, it is hard to kind of take this context into modern day sometimes because it is so far drawn from what we would use to describe it. But you have to understand the time period in which Jesus lived. This was one of the best analogies that he could probably have thought of at the time. Um, you know, and so this is a tale of a slave owner who, you know, fully forgave a slave and showed mercy, but then the slave went and acted like a he acted like a slave owner and literally enslaved another person um without forgiveness even though he was offered that same mercy. And I mean obviously this is kind of ridiculous like we would all expect, you know, if he had um if he had been shown such mercy that he would be more inclined to show mercy to others. But oftentimes this doesn't happen in the world. Like we take that anger on with us a lot of the time and then we just use it against others. So this is kind of a good example of that, that this person was enslaved. I'm sure a lot of torturous things had already happened to him. And he went out and he tried to like over overt his power onto somebody else. Um, and this is a common thing, even though logically we don't necessarily think of it because our moral aspects would tell us that's probably wrong. But, you know, again, ego takes control of us most of the time. Um, and so there's a couple of key elements I want to point out here. Obviously we could get totally caught up in like the slave and, um, like selling of the people and all of this. This is, you know, obviously a horrific example, but we can also point this one very specific thing out. And I think it is so specific and so important that we should not overlook it. Um, so first of all, Jesus, Jesus said that the Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. Um, he never said he was going to be tortured in the afterlife, for one. He never said that he was um, going to be eternally tortured. There's actually no mention of time here whatsoever. So essentially what Jesus is saying, if you want to read it as literally as possible, which a lot of people do want to do, is that he's going to be punished until he learns. Um, and this was never taken out of context of life. So we can only assume here that this should be interpreted that this person was tortured during his life. Um, and that Jesus is us- using this example specifically to show that we will be caught up in a cycle of this kind of torture, of this kind of enslavement. So I guess in modern terms, enslavement to ego is going to continue and progress and and be in a cyclical manner in your life forever until you learn, until you pay the debt that you owe, which is your unconditional love. So he continues to say, so my heavenly father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Um, now, of course, again, we've progressed a little bit further past um, knowing 
you know, that God, God is unconditionally loving. Um, and he's not going to perpetuate any kind of situation in our lives, no matter what. Um, however, we will, we will, the spirit will like our spirit, the, the collective spirit that the Holy spirit that encompasses us all, it it's affected by what we put out there. Um, and if we are enslaving ourselves to ego, that's going to affect the general Holy spirit. And we are not going to be able to escape from that. Um, and that's what Jesus is kind of saying that it, until we learn, until we pay this, we're going to be caught up in this, in this loop. Um, so, you know, God com- contains this high vibrating level of love um, and is free. So that level of freedom, as we've seen in this slave, um, as we see in so many aspects, brings the ego out. Like e- freedom doesn't necessarily equal goodness for all people because depending on how much of the veil you've already lifted in your life, had depending on how much of the ego you've chipped away, um, you know, how much awakening you've kind of had, you, um, this freedom, sorry, kind of, I was trying to gather myself there. This freedom can kind of like overwhelm you and it can cause you to do things that are, um, not even necessarily against God, because I don't really like that term, but you vibrate at a lower level. You're putting out more negativity. um, And God is vibrating at this high level of love. So you're causing this disconnect to happen um, and perpetuating that onto other people. Um, So by not unconditionally loving other people, you're not unconditionally loving yourself either. Um, So as the Reverend in the sermon says, God is all loving, all forgiving. And um, I would like to add here also all encompassing and all giving. Um, And when we gain this type of freedom, we need to emulate this kind of behavior. Um, And I know what you're thinking, like, as a human being with this ego, the way that we've evolved, um, this is a capacity that God has. This is not a capacity that we have. This is a capacity that Jesus had, but this is not a capacity that humans have. Um, once again, this is a great, I don't even want to call it sin again, but it's a great sin of um, history that we believe that we are so separated and that we are so unworthy, that we are so dirty and sinners by nature, that we are not capable of receiving God's unconditional love no matter what we do. And therefore, we don't allow ourselves to unconditionally love other people no matter what they do, because we don't believe that we're worthy of that ourselves. It's all a projection. Um and in order to break that projection, in order to, to sever that cycle, we must do as Jesus has taught us. And that has become so filled with the spirit self, chip away at the ego self, start practicing so much unconditional love that those things just kind of melt away. Um, you know, in our core, we are pure. And in our core, we are peace. And all that gets put on top of it, just as I said in my last podcast, we're sponges and we've soaked and soaked and soaked and soaked and soaked. And so we need to empty ourselves. um, And that's the only way we're going to be able to practice unconditional love.
Um, and of course, another grand argument in this whole statement of unconditional love, um, and is something that I think is a driver um, for all catalysts of like the punishment reward system of heaven and hell false binary, um, is the idea that God loves us unconditionally. And if we are loved unconditionally by others, no matter what, then why would I do the right thing? Um, and again, that's like a fall of our own self-image and our own self-identity is like, why do, why do we feel like we're going to do the wrong thing? Um, you know, people would ask in this moment, and I've even heard other people ask, you know, if we are, if there's no hell or if there's no punishment for our um, wrongdoings, then why do the right thing? Why follow the path of light? Why just not blow caution to the wind and let ego mind run rampant and just given to all of our destructive tendencies. But I mean, like, first of all, why would you do that? Like I said before, like, that's you believing that you have this badness, this like inherent sin inside of you. And, and we've been taught this collectively as a culture, not just in the Christian communities, but like, as a Western culture in general, that we are like inherently flawed and we must add value to ourselves in order to be valued and loved by others. But God does not love this way. God has no condition on this love. All of that is condition. All that I just heard myself say, all of this value, all of that, that is all conditional aspects of love. Um, and like, it's really confusing um, because like fundamental faith traditions, you know, believe what you could do is going to get you into heaven. Like reward system is riddled everywhere. I mean, it is all over the Bible, isn't it? I mean, it's just like everywhere you see is like the reward of heaven. And that's really confusing to a lot of people. That's why scripture has been so misinterpreted over time is because like we're constantly told that we are seeking reward um, or we will be punished. Um, but I think Jesus kind of taught against this, this entire idea. He was really specific about that. Um, he was real specific about removing the condition of what you think God is or isn't or how much he loves or does not love or how much um, who God is or isn't. Like we need to remove the condition. We need to remove the veil. Um, and without this, it's we're interpreting reward wrong. Um, I feel like Jesus taught a different interpretation of reward. Um, oneness with God is not a reward at all. It is the purpose and the way as Jesus taught it. It's about the lesson um, it's about removing condition because what is doing something for a reward in its fundamental state? It's a conditional experience, like I said. I mean, it is you are putting a condition like you are only doing this to get something out of it. You only believe because you want divine favor. You only do good because you want divine favor. You only have charity because of divine favor. But no, what if I told you divine favor was already yours? Divine favor is upon you at all times. We were created in light of this divine favor. We are the ones that that separate ourselves from this divine favor. Um, and the unconditional love was like so intense, so big, so crazy. And I'm pretty sure that this specific reverend said this in another one of his um, sermons was that God's love was so intense that it couldn't be contained anymore and that it was into a big bang in the universe. And thus the big bang happened. I mean, can you imagine? I can because 
I feel like that's what happened. Um, this is not conditional. This is the epitome of the unlimited. Um, unlimited and infinite. So we just have to recognize that God's love is infinite and therefore our love can be infinite and it should be infinite. Um, but of course, since the this idea births freedom, ego is always right there trying to take the lead of the way of the world and not the way of spirit. Um, but I mean, I want to remind you that we do good because of the goal. The goal is to awaken. The goal is to emulate this the peace of heaven, the peace of the spirit side, um, and bring that peace onto earth. We have this power through tapping into unconditional love and the love of the Holy Spirit. Um, and Jesus was so full of the Holy Spirit that nothing anyone could ever do to him, even nailing him to that cross, literally could break him from loving them and from forgiving them. I mean, he brought it with him all the way until the end and such we must do so as well. Um, even when he was using corrective words, such as in this passage, I mean, you could take this in so many different ways. It can be interpreted. Like he was basically saying like, you're going to endure torture unless you learn to forgive people fully and from the soul. Um, but he's right. Like we are going to be in not, we will not be in peace until we learn this. And although his example was a little extreme, it was still spot on. I mean, it was still true. And that truth still needs to be emulated in modern society, no matter what. Um, and, you know, progress and peace are the goal. Um, they were the goal back then when he said this. He's trying to save them, you know, from what they used to call the evil age. You know, we that's still the goal now. Progress and peace are still the goal. Going back to the nature of God is still the goal. Um, and that was still the intended experience, um, in my opinion, of what God, when he exploded love into existence. I mean, that is the intended experience is to feel that love and to emulate that love and to give and receive that love. Um, this is evident in scriptures all over faiths over time. Um, references, references to paradise, nirvana, ascension. Um, these are high, high levels of peace. Um, and the reason this transcends earthly religion and religious um, concepts, words, human words in general, um, is because it's truth. It's reality. Um, this is God in manifestation, right? Unconditional love is God in manifestation. Um, and this is the reason we do good. This is the reason we believe. This is the reason we keep practicing um, and the reason we keep strengthening our walk in Christ. The, the reason we keep collectively walking in God in all of our different ways. You know, whatever manifestation manifestation that is for you, keep walking in God for this reason. Um, it's for peace. It's for awakening. It's for emulation of unconditional love and practicing that upon others because God has no condition for us. So we should not have condition for others because we are creating the kingdom of God on earth. Um, and I want to close this um, podcast. We are getting to the end here. Sorry, I've kept you for so long. Um, is my favorite, one of my favorite scriptures that's actually in like the official New Testament because as we all know, I really prefer like Gospel of Thomas and some of the early writings of early Christians, but I really love this one. Um, 
Here we go. Okay. Um, and let me just read it because I just really feel like it speaks for itself. And it's the emulation of why we should do good, how to unconditionally love. Um, and there's a lot of interesting things that we point out here. Um, so it is Matthew 5, 21, the specific, I actually broke it up into three different readings. Um, so the first one that I want to read is five, Matthew 5, 21 to 26, um, 26. Um, it, it says, Jesus says, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. And there is a um, note here that actually he said Gehenna, which I would like to point out briefly, um, is a pit of fire in Israel um, and therefore not an actual hell place. So um, basically you will be liable to being thrown into the literal pit of fire, um, which was kind of more of just an expression, obviously. Like we say, we're going to you know throw you to the wolves. Um, you fool, you'll be thrown to the wolves. Um, anyway, keep going. So when you are offering a gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him, or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to guard and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. And again, he uses prison here as an example of the inability to forgive your brother or sister. I mean, this was, um, this actually is in the beginning of the gospel that includes the later, the earlier reading that we um, read. And again, he's talking about how you are the one liable to judgment when you don't forgive. It, it doesn't matter what other people are saying or doing. It, it's your action that matters. It's your ability to forgive and your ability to love that matters. Um, and that's how we have to think about ourselves. We, we have to say, okay, this person has done this. My sister stole something of mine. I have to forgive her. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have anything to do with anything, essentially, is what Jesus is saying. And then our inability to forgive is what puts us in a prison. Um, okay, so the second one is Matthew 5, 38 through 48. Um, and it says, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your coat cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you and do, do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your father in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. 
I mean, this one is by far my favorite reading because he is saying here very clearly, like, we are to be as God is. That is the purpose. We are to be as God is. And if we are doing that, what, what reward is it? It doesn't matter. There's no reward. Reward is like, he's saying, what reward? Everyone, everyone does things. There's no, the, the little details don't matter. Um, he says that God sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Bad things happen to the good and the bad. What we consider the good and the bad, that is, which isn't even necessarily the truth. He sends a son on the evil and the good. I mean, that's, that right there is the truth. We, God unconditionally loves us. And Jesus was very clear about that. Um, someone who was able to really awaken himself fully to the Christ, to God, he told, he, he is telling us, he is teaching us here that we are being unconditionally loved at all times. And therefore we must do the same. There's no point otherwise. Um, and then I'm actually going to go back for the third stage because I feel like it's really good um, to end it is Matthew 5, 19 um, through 20. And it says, therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So I thought this was very interesting because again, he is he's not putting any condition on your on well I guess except in that last one's not a really good example but um like there's no condition on on you being in the kingdom of heaven that's a given we we're just in heaven when our spirit is part of that no matter what our spirits are one with god no matter what amount of separation our minds tell us is happening um so he's basically saying that like you know when the more of these commandments you break the further away you're pushing yourself but you're still there you're still in heaven but you're pushing yourself further you're getting less and less vibrating with up here with god but you're still there with god there's there's nothing that can separate us from that um and and jesus is once again you know saying that um, I also would like to point out that this is the Bible that I use, um, the New Oxford Annotated um, Bible, and it's an ecumenical study Bible, which is um, means that it's across many different um, traditions of Christianity. So it's it's not really biased to one. Um, I find it the most accurate in English, at least. Um, okay, and then I just wanted to, of course, um, finish off with a little prayer this time because of the heavy duty subject matter. Um, I kind of wanted to do the prayer at the end because I know that we were all going to be a little bit needing a breath. Um, so let's just go ahead and take a really deep breath in and out. I know I really needed that. Um, and God, we pray for your everlasting support in our walk of awakening. It can be incredibly hard with the evolution of the ego mind in this day and age to stay focused on this matter, but please soften our hearts to our capacity of unconditional love and allow us to be reminded daily of the importance of this focus and practice. Jesus, we thank you deeply for your words of wisdom and guidance through this difficult journey. Please continue to light our steps with your teachings and allow for God to shine through us in every way when we discern. 
with our deepest gratitude and most trusting love in Christ we pray. Amen. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Um, I hope this inspired to deepen your spiritual experience and um, your walk with God. Um, and go out and love everybody, me included. I'm going to try my hardest every single day to love everyone the best of my ability. Um, and go in peace. Thank you.